for my friend Bob. Tip a glass in my honor and perhaps pour a sip on my grave. It's not so much the whiskey as your company I crave. Sing me one of your favorite tunes we used to join in at the pub. Remember me fondly as you sing and I'll remember you from above. Bob Brennan's back with us for some important new updates. But before he talks about his medical concerns, he's got some other news to share. Bob, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jason. Yep. All right, so the last few days I spent in the hospital, they were afraid I had peritonitis. I was pretty much hospitalized against my will because if you have peritonitis, it's very contagious. So I had to stay 72 hours and wait for some kind of, you know, they took cultures. Anyway, anyway, so I missed several days. And, and if you've been keeping track of the podcast, I've been going to the hospital at least once a week, sometimes more than that. Yeah, I think the last episode we talked a bit more about your new cancer diagnosis and you were supposed to go in and get a endoscopy endoscopy and they were gonna see if they could cut this part of your esophagus right so i had originally taken monday off so i could go get that done but then with this thought that i might have peritonitis they canceled that procedure um i have since rescheduled it so that's gonna be in 10 Mm. days so that'll be good um they're gonna do endoscopy to look at the the cancer this is the the first one was a 2D image. This yeah. one is going to be a 3D image. Now let's just uh set the stage for those that are having trouble keeping up because I don't release these the same day that they're recorded. Uh we are recording November 17th, Friday, and when Bob says 10 days from now, that's what November 27th, something like that. Yeah. Just around Thanksgiving. Well, it's right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, actually. yeah. All right, so um Again, I've been hospitalized multiple times this semester, and, you know, there's some days where all I want to do is vomit. Of course. You know, I don't want to take my pills. I don't want to eat because everything that I jam into my my stomach comes up because a lot of the drugs I'm on are very, very strong, and I have a negative reaction. So it's hard to keep the food down. It's hard to keep the um, drugs down. And subsequently probably hard to... Stay motivated and have enough strength to even get up. Yeah, and my my weightlifting has gone definitely downhill because yep. without food and carbs and stuff to, you know, and it's it's easy to say, well, you know, why don't you just eat something? It's like, well, if every time you ate something, somebody kicked you in the stomach, you'd probably stop eating. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I found so far that will work is, um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh. Circus peanuts. Yeah, you said last time candy, and I told you, well, we've got plenty of it in the house. And Bob came in with me last time we recorded and took a couple of full-size candy bars that neither me nor my kids will eat. Uh, Things like Butterfingers, Milky Ways, 100-gram bars, those old-school candy bars that really kids today don't don't appreciate. But Bob took a couple home. If you put enough sugar in something, you can probably choke it down. And you can keep it down somehow. and. You know, like I had a Snickers, you know, and my yeah. rationalization is, well, it's got peanuts in it, yeah. you know, it's got... And it's got some sugar, but it's fuel, it's fuel. You know, it's got milk in it, it's got... Yeah. 
So that was my rationalization. That's that's probably one step away from I'm actually eating fruit because I'm drinking wine. But yeah, I mean, all things considered equal, it's better than nothing. Right. It's it's enabling me to keep my medicines down. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, now we also talked about um, reaching out um, to me and finding out some of the things that people can do if they wanted to help in some way, if they wanted to um, be of some kind of service. Uh, in addition, obviously, to donating money or sending you food, they could obviously um, potentially donate time. Can you talk a little bit about where you are with human resources and your work? FMLA, I think you were going to look into that potentially. So what's going on there? From my understanding of how the FMLA works, it's going to start the day I start. I've been trying to hold off taking it until the end of the semester because, again, from my understanding, the FMLA would start the day I stopped going to school, even if it's a day where we're not in school for two and a half weeks. Oh, so they're going to, so they're going to count eating your FMLA. Yep. Even if it's a holiday. Yes. Wow. So they started, because that's what they did last time. So you've been trying to make it through the rest of this semester, yep. right? Yep. I've been hanging out on my Going in as much as you can. Um, and what do we got? Three weeks left, maybe something like that? Something like that. Yeah. 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 So I've been trying to hang on. Um, I'm putting that off. Technically, I can retire on January 23rd. Right. That's when I have full retirement. So if I can make it to January and then get this transplant and get the FMLA, get the full amount. The way I figure is by the time I recover, I'll be able to just put down the pens and pencils and drop off the keys and walk out the door. Right. Around May or something like that, right? No, I'm, I'm thinking as soon as I get over the recovery. So maybe even as early as uh, February. Oh, I see. Because you'd be on FMLA Next and that semester, would carry right. me over the deadline mm-hmm. for my yeah. my full time retirement. Okay. And what if anything might pose a stumbling block or an obstacle to that? Um, one of the things I'm concerned of mm-hmm. is that you know when you and I joined, mm-hmm. when we started working, um, we were grandfathered in. Yeah. That we could keep our health Medical. insurance. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, all we pay the way whatever through. premium state employees pay for that. Right, but then we can keep it. We can keep going, yeah. But as of next year, the state is changing healthcare companies. Yeah, another provider. And I'm always been the suspicious type. I'm worried that there's a chance that the new company might come in and say, "Well, I never made those contracts," Mm. you know. And then, how would you afford a a completely new policy without a job? Right. Right, and well, not only that, but I couldn't afford the operation to save my life. Because I, I looked at the price. It's 1.3 mil mm-hmm. for the liver. Yeah. So obviously I would die because I don't know millionaires. They're not going to just donate money to me like that. Right. Even if all my friends donated. Yeah, as loving and generous as your friends right. and listeners are, I don't know that we They're can come up with 1.3 million. They're a little too poor to cover me for that one. Yeah. So that's one of my number one concerns. Mm-hmm. So I would like to get the done while I'm still under the employee, not retiree. Status. Healthcare plan. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one concern. I got you. So what else? What else are we missing? What else uh, do you have on your plate? What would you like to share with the people who are well right now most interested in learning? My my health is dipping. Um, how, how so? Well, number one, I I don't want to eat. 
Okay. I always want to throw up and right. you just don't want to eat. So because I'm not eating what I'm supposed to be eating, I'm losing strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm losing the motivation to work out. Yeah. Um, I'm tired all the time. So not moving as much, sleeping more probably. Yeah. Um, right now I feel really bad, but right now my dog is at my brother's house. Okay. Now I know he loves being there. My brother's got horses, he's got dogs and stuff, but I feel like my responsibility is to that dog and you're, you're not. And the thing is, I, you're not meeting that responsibility. And, and I, I can't right now. Yeah. But it's hard to reconcile the guilt between yeah, not being able to be there with him. Cause I mean, he was a COVID baby. Yeah. So he's been around me his whole life. And, um, so I'm tired. I'm sick to my stomach. I just have no motivation. Even the little hobbies and things I used to do for fun. You know, I, I just, you know, I do, I do painting and yeah. stuff like that. And I just, I stare at the paintbrushes and I'm like, you know what? I think I just rather lay down mm-hmm. <clears throat> in front of the TV set and just, you know, fall asleep. Well, again, I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, Bob, you've been basically grading yourself, uh, more and more harshly each time you come in and, and talk about your health. And I always remind you that, you know, you're still doing a lot of things that are good. You're still, in my opinion, being, being very productive. Uh, you, you said yourself, you are driving yourself for the most part back and forth to these appointments. These are several hours away. Yeah. You are getting back here as quickly as possible. Even after having stayed in the hospital somewhere, um, you know, fighting off an infection just to get to the classes and then turning right back around and, and, you know, sometimes going right back uh, at the end of the week. In addition, you've been coming in here once or twice a week and recording with me for several hours. Um, yeah, you're not going to the gym or lifting weights, as it were, as much. You don't feel as strong. You feel weak. You've lost some motivation. But it seems to me you're still doing a lot of good stuff, a lot of productive stuff. I know by your own standard mm-hmm. it isn't. But, you know, I think people listening might hear this and go, wow, boy, he's He's his own worst critic. He's hard on himself. Um, what do you say? I, you know, we talked about this, about the limitations last yeah. time. I refuse to have limitations put on me to the point where, I mean, I had trouble closing your door here. And then well, I got, I mean, it is a couple hundred pounds. It's but then not I got, hung right. I then mean, I got mad and I made the door close. Yeah. I mean, Nelson can't even close the door and he's young and it's strong like, and strapping. 20 years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he can't do it with two arms, and I think you just did it with one, so. I know, but it, you know, because I, I was talking to my therapist because, you know, I see a therapist through all this, and uh, she's like, you're, you're doing a lot, and mm-hmm. she goes, you should, you know, take confidence from that. Yeah, give yourself a little grace. And I, and I said, I, I can't. I'm just too stubborn. You know, my whole life has been push, 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 push. I feel like if I stop pushing, clowns are going to eat me. Yeah. You know. But I mean, again, you give yourself a little bit of grace on your grade book. You talk to your students. You say, listen, I know the work you're doing. Uh, You know the situation I'm in. I'm going to get it when I can. Thank you for being patient. I mean, that doesn't make you any, despite what your supervisor says to you, despite any threats that you get about it, you know that that doesn't make you any worse of an instructor? I mean, that's... 
Although I, I mean, so likewise, I, I mean be, that that you don't. I'll be hundred percent honest. Many, you don't lift as many weights. Doesn't make you any less of a person, or I I don't feel like when I'm on in the classroom, I'm on. Sure, I'm like ninety nine, a hundred percent, just knocking it out of the park. Right. Now it's like I got a fifty pound sack on my back. Yeah, it's laborious. And I'm I'm it's like heavy. I'm like at a ninety two percent, still an A. Sure, but it doesn't come with the ease and the the flow and the uh... yeah, it's not as smooth. Yeah, but you know, I mean, let's let's think about this. Regardless of your medical situation, getting a little bit older, you know. Everybody's going to slow down just a tiny bit. I mean, couldn't you just chalk that up to, hey, I'm just getting older. I've been doing this a long time. So I'm missing a step. But what I miss in terms of physical steps, I'm going to make up for with my creativity and my shrewdness anyway. No, I want both. Yeah. I want yeah. both. Why, would I have, why do I have to surrender? No, you don't have to surrender, but I think you and I both agree that being shrewd, being a good storyteller... You know, all those things that mark just how cerebral we are just matters a little bit more than anything that we do physically. As long as I've known you, as much as uh, you loved touting your physical strength, as, as vain as you've been about <laughs> your muscles, I don't know that um, any of that's ever truly compared to the the, the gloating you would do, the pride oh. you would take when you talked about your your sarcasm or your intelligence, right? And and likewise, I think I'm the same way. As 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 narcissistic as I've been about my uh, physical makeup, being tall and being handsome and all those things I used to be, I um, you're still tall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing made me more. Proud. Nothing made my head swell more than when someone said, "Man, you're so smart." I I will admit I'll be in like Barnes and Nobles or I'll be at uh you know Target or something, and I'll run into an old student, mm-hmm. and you know they'll be like, "I remember you. You did this and you did that." Yeah. And they don't say, "I remember you. You had bigger muscles then." No, they don't. Right. They don't. I mean, I had I had fun. Last year, we were, uh, I don't know if I told you the story. I probably did, but I'll try to make it quick. So, yeah, when you're lecturing, you, every once in a while, you take a pause to give the students time to write down all their information. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we are talking about the first Thanksgiving American one, which is funny because that's yeah. what you and Nelson well, we, were talking we about. We just talked a little about. And um, I made the comment that there's two types of cranberry sauce out there. Mm-hmm. Right. There's the canned cranberry sauce that that's looks right. like jelly. And then there's the real cranberry sauce. And I made the observation that the people that love the canned cranberry sauce are pretty fanatical about the canned sauce. Yeah, I'm one of them. And uh, one of my students, uh, one of my female students said, well, my grandmother makes the best. Mm. So on the spur of the moment, I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. The day of the test, I'm going to bring in some of the canned cranberry sauce. Sure. And you bring in some of grandma's cranberry sauce. Her her grandmother lived down the street from her, so it wasn't really that much out of her way. And I said, and what we'll do is when we're done done with the test, Mm -hmm. we'll We'll have a taste test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have a taste test. 
Well, one of the guys says uh, he turned out he works at the uh, Honey Baked Ham store. Mm. And he said, well, you can't have cranberry sauce without turkey. Nice. He goes, so I'll bring a turkey. And then somebody else goes, we can't have turkey without mashed potatoes. Oh, And wow. somebody said, well, you can't have that without green beans. We ended up having an entire Thanksgiving dinner in March nice. in that class. And so they had their test. We went over the test. We got their stuff down. And then we all chowed and had a, a feast. A feast six months too early or too late, depending on how you want to look at nice. it. Nice. So, but it it's fun stuff like that. You know, it was at the end of a test. There's only 15 minutes left in right. class. Like nobody's really gonna lose yeah. anything. But I, it really built up a camaraderie in the class. Like they all, you know, it, it bonded the class together. Yeah, nothing, have, nothing that, bonds you quite like uh, food, food, <laughs> music, um, shared hatred for other people. Oh yeah, but um, to me it was fun. It just, like I said, it 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 transcended the right. You know, here's my lecture. Write it down. Here's my lecture. Write it down, and. You know, I I had zero problems from that class. They were always willing to stay late. This was the class that didn't end until three in the afternoon. And they were willing to stay late to get more information. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you can't you can't buy that kind of response, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Although technically I guess you can if you handed out twenties, but I mean, yeah, or gave people Thanksgiving meals <laughs> in March. But um so I, I feel like I'm a little out of step, a little out of step. But I mean, nothing, nothing's to say you can't have another Thanksgiving meal in your classroom. I mean, after all, if you did it again, this time it would be more appropriate because well, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I have two sections of American one, so. And, I mean, plenty of cranberry sauce on the shelves these days. Yeah. My understanding is that's, at least for the indigenous people, that's one of their, like, Big harvest foods. They used oh, to they used to put it in everything, right? I Bake it in bread and I forgot to tell you the punchline to that story. Hmm. So we made this big, you know, confrontation up and everything, and this girl comes in on that that day. Right. And she's looking all sad and depressed. And I'm like, What's the matter? Your grandma didn't, you know, get it ready in time. She goes, I went to my grandma's house and went to pick up the cranberry sauce and I looked on the counter. And she had cans of the empty cans. Had um, she always had cans? The yeah, girl just she just didn't never know noticed. Yeah. Oh, the girl thought it was homemade. Yeah, yeah I thought that was nice. hilarious. Everybody like, well, that proved hilarious. my point. Yeah. So that was just Canned cranberries just as good. So there's definitely some things that are just as good out of the can as they are homemade. And uh, I'm 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 with her. Cranberry sauce in the can is it's so good it seems homemade. Well. I think it's all part of our memories. I mean, that's the kind of Thanksgiving I had yeah, growing me, up. Yeah, so you got that nostalgia thing going on. Yeah. I like the jelly, definitely. I don't like the I don't like the whole berries. But I, I will say one thing on a serious note. I, I'm getting worn down, Jason. Mm. I feel it. Yeah. And I think if you look at my face, you can see it. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, like I I told Camry, I said, I, I don't want to die alone in a hospital bed. No. And she no. said she didn't think it was time yet. But, I mean, those are some of the thoughts that are circling the brain drain there. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just, I, I just feel like, I feel like 
a compulsive gambler who's waiting for that one lucky throw to turn everything around. Yeah. You know, you know, if I could just get this taken care of, then we can move on to that. We can move on to that. And yeah, I, I think once that happens, I'm going to come back just as strong as I did last time. Right. So I just need that one break. One break. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. But I'm tired. And I rarely call you Jason. So yeah. Well, one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that you just said, um, I still see students from other semesters. Of course, yeah. You just talked about seeing one in the grocery store or something, right? Yeah, but what I do is I if if I see some articles or you know uh, magazines, newspapers, whatever, I'll print them out and I'll carry them with me, mm. and I'll be like, "Hey, John, John, cause John hasn't been in my class in a year." Like but, here, here's but, a. But you may remember John liked right X Y Z, and I, I talked to him about the bit about the Puritans on the hill. Nice. And I gave him that copy, and then there's another guy that mm -hmm. talked about the siege of Jerusalem, and I was like, here, man, you might want to find this one. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, I still share stuff. Yeah, you're students. still thinking about those students when they're no longer in your class, obviously. Yeah, because I don't want the history just to be a. Well, I did the for 16 one moment, weeks, right? For you the know, and then, weeks, right. then I got a grade for it. You know, you want it. I want to get them because, you know, we're lifelong learners. We've had I've had several students become history majors mm. because they really enjoyed. Well, and you've probably had happening. several students become graduate students in history and maybe even a handful of professors out there somewhere that you just haven't heard from in a while. But one of the years and years ago, one of my first students at Cape Fear ended up being a high school teacher at Augur. How about that? Yeah. Well, what I'd love to do, and I thought about doing this behind your back, but I'm going to do it right here live. Um, again, I'm by no means insinuating that I have a huge audience. I think I have a larger audience whenever I put something out that um, is related to you because, again, so many people do know you, remember you, and, and respect you. Uh, you've had, like me, a lot of students, probably you know, 25 to 30% more students than I've had. And I said last time when we were on, that I've probably had 10, 15,000 students myself. So you're probably talking about 20, 25,000 students in your in your 30-year career. Right. I would love it if anyone listening to the sound of my voice right now either themselves remembers you in the classroom or knows someone that had you in the classroom and would simply email us PutEmOnTheCouch.com and tell us a little story, whether it's one line, whether it's one page. I'd love to get those. And I'd love to read those on the air if, if they'd let me. Um, and I'd also love it if I could pass those along to you. Again, put them, P-U-T-E-M, on the couch, all one word, at gmail.com. Anyone listening to my voice right now who knows Bob Brennan, especially anyone who's had the occasion of learning from this guy over the past 30 years, please, by all means, man, give us a couple of lines, give us a paragraph, give us a page or two, um, and tell us what you remember about Bob, what you remember about a lecture, what you, what you learned, what, what you liked. I think he'd love to hear it right now. I think it'd be something really cool to share with him. And, and possibly again, if you'd be so inclined to allow it, uh, let me know whether or not I can share it on the air. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, I told you the last time people came forward, and it was like 
my own version of It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Because people are saying all these nice things about me. And you're still alive. You're like, hey, I'm right here. I know. But, you know, I think everybody at least once in life has that fantasy. I like, I wonder what people oh, say yeah, about me yeah. at my funeral. We've all, we've all pretended, I guess, in our mind that right. we could, could be there for our own funeral. So, or maybe even pretended to fake your own death just so you'd know what people thought about yeah, you. Yeah, just show up in disguise and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like that. And, like, I was amazed. Yeah. I was amazed. Like, people came forward. I mean, and, you know, the students were donating money. And I know college students have no money. Yeah. You know, they're dirt poor. And, you know, 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever. And it was just oh, awesome. Yeah. Because I know what that kind of money does, you know, what that costs. And... For them that do that for me, I mean, you know that what was, kind of a sacrifice that is. Yeah, so it was, it was really, I don't know, it, a little, like I got a little bashful and stuff. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. well, hey, thanks. So that'll be the one time that you can get the last word. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm gonna miss. The teaching. Well, of course. You know, I'm gonna miss that part. Um and, and again, I imagine knowing you as well as I do, you're still going to write letters of recommendation for students that you've had. You're still going to uh be a mentor to them and a sounding board. You know, you'll still if they email you, you'll email them back. Oh, I mean, sure, sure. It's not like you have to be their teacher of record to be of any use or inspiration to them. I think you'll you know, as long as you live, you'll probably continue doing podcasts like this. Not always coming in and telling these sad stories about your health. Hopefully, you will get that break you need. And and I'm hoping that it starts with getting out on FMLA, getting this uh, liver transplant, and moving forward so that you can start talking about some of the stuff that you have always and continue to love, like the Roman Empire and like, you know, how much of a prick Andrew Jackson was. Um but It'd be again, nice if I can retire and just have a few years to settle in Ireland and just yeah, see, relax. I, I just don't think you're ever going to stop teaching. I mean, I can just see you now in a in a pub in Ireland having a, a burger and some fries and, and a soda. Discussion and, with somebody. And you're going to have a discussion about something. I mean, it's just not going to leave you just because you're no longer in a physical classroom. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's... I think the thing you got to remember. Well, I have, uh, you know, one time I had a little close encounter with somebody at the dog park and they're firing all these questions at me. And, you know, what did I think about taking down of all the Confederate statues? Mm -hmm. and, and I asked him, well, how many military bases in England are named after George Washington? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I said none. Yeah, why not? Because he took up arms against his country and yeah. shot them. Yeah, we don't normally honor. And, yeah, and it was like, uh, and then he walked away. So he, so, he, he got it. Yeah, he did. He didn't like it. But, well, you know. You know, like, like Nelson was saying earlier for the Pilgrim one, Thanksgiving one, you know, these facts may be unpleasant, but. Doesn't make him any less of a fact. Well, no, my, my thing always was, you know, when, when you're two years old, yeah, you think your parents are the best parents in the world. That's mommy and daddy. Yeah, you think they're the right. smartest person on earth. When you're 15, you think they're the biggest pains in the asses, right? Yeah. 
And then by the time you get to 30, you realize... You got to figure it out. It's You know what? Maybe about half and half. You know, the mom and dad weren't perfect, but right. they probably tried to do the best they could with what they had mm -hmm. and their abilities. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's what the study of American history is. You know, you went to elementary school and, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin flying the kite and all that innocuous stuff. And then... As you get old, you realize, oh, well, we did some really unpleasant things to the Apache and to the other groups. And then, you know, <clears throat> when you get older, you realize, well, we did a lot of the same things that we accuse other countries of. And I'm not putting a moral value on I'm just saying that. We're not know, squeaky clean. No, no. And I, I think. And I think in some ways, you know, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I think I know um, when we pretend like we're squeaky clean. I think that's when we come across looking um, a little bit self-righteous and a little bit like the authoritarian dad who says, do as I say, not as I've done. Yeah. Um, and, and you know how that goes. I don't know that people have much respect for you when you do that. No. In other words, if we would just simply tell the truth, be honest, tell the truth, um, then I think things might be a little bit easier for us. Well, and it might make some of the social questions, say, a little bit easier to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the country has a history of mistreating, you know, ethnic groups, then, yeah. gee, I wonder why ethnic groups are angry. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not something that gets turned off and turned off like a, you know, like a waterfall. No. Set, you know. It doesn't go away just because you don't talk about it. Right. As some might have us believe. Right. But I don't know. What do I know? I just teach history. So clearly you can teach it in the classroom. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, you demonstrated that you can teach it online, although you probably would rather have been in the classroom. Uh, what has, if anything, doing these podcasts with me taught you about this other medium, this other format? Have you given it any thought about? I'd say the, the plus side is... You know, being outside the classroom, there's a little bit more freedom for mm -hmm. me to say what I think. But <clears throat> if I were to pick a negative side is I'm not getting immediate feedback. Yeah. I mean, you and I, <clears throat> you and I can talk about things, and we're usually on the same right. level. I so, can give you a little feedback, but, but that's it. You know, I... I would like to, you know, you know, my students would go, well, what does this mean? Or why did that happen? Or mm -hmm. what? So I feel like I'm laying the basic foundation, but without the follow-up questions, I'm, I'm missing the, yeah. it's the not color as dynamic. palette. Yeah, it's not and, as dynamic. You know, all that yeah, other stuff. it's a little stuff. monochromatic. So that's what, that's what I would say the, the big difference is. Yeah. I miss that immediate feedback. But I mean, as a start, as a, you know, getting comfortable listening to your own voice, uh, hearing, hearing uh, your thoughts played back for you in these recordings? I mean, uh, what has that told you, if anything, about, you know, your abilities to, to do it, again, outside of a classroom? Well, I I decided I don't sound quite as weird as I thought I did. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of times, especially in the past decades, when you would listen to your own recorded voice, yeah. it wasn't exactly high quality. No. So I would always come off as goofy and squeaky. and I mean, and the mics you know, and the soundboard that we have definitely help, help a little bit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Bob's helped invest in some of the equipment as well. So he's, he, uh, you know, he told me a while back, if I'm going to be doing these things, I want to sound at least as good as everybody else who's got the better <laughs> mic. So 
he dropped a couple of hundred on a mic for us, so he'd have a, a nice one to talk through as well. Uh, and again, I tell everyone, the mic makes your vocal quality sound better and more consistent, but it, it can't change uh, what you say. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not, you know, you have to give yourself credit. You're not, you're not cheating. I mean, you're, you're still coming up with the ideas. You're still stringing the sentences together. But, yeah, the mic does make it a little bit easier and a little easier for the listener's ear. Um, I'd, I'd simply say that, you know, in the future, if we continue doing this together and or if you decide to go out on your own and do something like this, there is, you know, that next level is being able to turn a camera on yourself and do this while you're looking into a camera. And when you do that, you can obviously take it to another step and right, right. just simply hit a live button. And so there's nothing that says once you hit the live button, people can't call in, they can't email in or, or send an instant message. And then you or someone who's helping you produce your show could sit there and monitor those calls or monitor those uh, chats. Right, right. And you could literally get real-time feedback. And you could you could change what you're saying on the fly based upon the questions and the input coming in. Like That's that's a thing. Well, you and I had done some back in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And they were, they were video recorded. And some of them were in front of live audiences. Yeah, yeah. So we were able to get some of that yeah. immediacy. So that was fun. Um, I'll be honest, the first one of these I did in here, I was nervous. Yeah, it, it, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, I've been doing this now for six months. And, you know, it's only, I guess, in the past couple of months that it's gotten to a point where I actually feel comfortable doing it from start to finish. Um but at the same time, I've also been doing recordings since before the pandemic, right before the pandemic. So yeah, yeah. I've got quite a bit of experience. And, man, it's it's been a steep learning curve or at least a steep self-esteem curve. I, I, I It took me a long time to feel comfortable. And um, while I do think that there's still room for improvement because I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, right. I, um, I will say that I am relatively comfortable now. And so, yeah, you you... You get that out of the way, and I feel just, like I've gotten that part. Just out focus of the way. on what you're saying, right? Not how you're saying it. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. I've watched a couple of other podcasts just to watch how people, yeah, interact, interact and you know these these are visual ones. So I look at the body language, I listen to the cadence of the speech, and you know because with it being on TV or recording, yeah, there's a lot more information you're picking up from the host oh, yeah. or the narrator than you would be just from a typical voice. Oh, yeah. You know? No, it, it, this has given me a whole new appreciation for actors, for people who, again, act for the camera in particular, right, as opposed to, I guess, people that do voiceover. I used to think that was an easy thing, you know, talking into a mic. If well, I think it would be easier that. than acting. Yeah, but, but, but again, talking to the camera, for the camera, um, it's tough. Well, you and I are both part narcissists, so. Yeah, that just means that we're willing to chance it. <laughs> we're willing to take the risk for the reward. No rewards so far. Still not doing any I, ads. I, not trying to earn any any revenue off of this channel. Just want to well, like, put I, things out and I, hope that we grow an audience that likes it. 
I feel like my big reward from this is getting the word out about organ programs and, you know, advice for people that are thinking of going this way. When I was in the hospital this past week, um, the infectious disease nurse told me that her best friend since elementary school um, has a daughter with oh, wow. cystic fibrosis. And um, I, I gave her the address of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I also gave her my own personal number. I said, listen, if your friend, you know, if this mom wants to call me and ask me questions about how I got through life and nice. some life lessons and stuff. So I feel like I can really help people mm -hmm. by doing this program. Right. I mean, so the, it's, it's multifaceted because I mean, I want to share my story. I want to bring awareness. I want to help other people, but I think, you know, as far as um, a reward, I think it's its own reward. I know that sounds cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's its own reward. Like I feel like I'm taking a bad situation and trying to make the most of it. Yeah, make yeah. something positive out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, speaking of situations and making the most out of them, um, we've been going about an hour now. Oh, okay. Anything uh, else you want to share to wrap this up? This, by the way, is Bob's fifth. I lost track. Yeah, I think this is the the fifth little informational you've offered. Um, we've got about three of them that have gone live. I'm going to drop a new one within the next couple of days. If I had to give two pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. Now, is this advice for anyone or for? For anyone. Okay. Like Thanksgiving's coming up, obviously. Yeah. Um. I know the holidays all about preparations and food and stuff like that, but just if you have kids or loved ones, just take that extra three seconds and just give that person a hug and say, you know what? I'm really glad you're in my life. Yeah. You know, and then my other piece of advice, which, you know, growing up as a sick kid, I got a lot of attention and my brother didn't get as much attention as I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you're the sick person, you don't think about that. But now that I'm obviously much older, I can only imagine how distressing that situation would be because it would feel like the parents value the sick kid. Mm -hmm. So if you have to be in the situation, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to live, yeah. but, you know, I don't think my parents made as enough time for my brother as they did for me. Now, some of this, of course, is unavoidable. Right. If I get the sniffles, I got to go to the hospital. Yeah. You know, my brother gets the sniffles. It's like, here's a box of Kleenex. You know, just suck it up. But um, I just remember one time I was driving somewhere and I saw a family. Mm. And they were in their backyard or whatever. And the one little kid you could tell was frail. And the mom was hugging him and the dad was standing next to him. And then the other kid who looked relatively healthy was standing alone watching mm -hmm. the scene. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's what my brother experienced. Mm. So, you know, of course, it took me years to get to that level of empathy to see what was happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we ended up having a conversation, my brother and I, and he was saying how everybody treated him different than me because again logistically 
And I said, what about grandma? Because we had an awesome grandma. Yeah. I said, what about grandma? And that's what the whole potato chips and ginger yeah. ale thing. And he's like, no, grandma treated you and I exactly the same. Yeah. We were both second after dad. <laughs> so, um, nice. but yeah, just be mindful of that. Yeah. Mindful of your kids and your family members, because who knows? Yeah. Between this and next year, that anything, person might not be yeah, at the dinner table. Change. That's so, right. Love on them. Put aside the hecticness for 10 minutes and, yeah. you know, do something nice. Yeah. Maybe we can take back Thanksgiving. I think that's a good place to leave it, man. All right. I appreciate you coming on again, and I uh, look forward to having you back here. In a week. In a week. Hopefully I'll have some good news. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. See me right out of the sunset on your color TV screen. Up for all that I can get, if you know what I mean. Women to the left of me, and women to the right. Ain't got no gun, ain't got no knife. Don't you start no fights. Cause I'm tame.